Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dave Lasowski. I think it's been about three months. Um, Troy, could you keep track of time for me? Uh, last time I was here, about three months ago. Oh, am I out? Um, three months ago, uh, I didn't keep very good track of time. I, was, uh, I preached here, and then I went to Jackson, and then I came back here, and uh, I, was, I was, like, really late. I drove 90 miles an hour down the highway to get here. Could you imagine that story? Um, I get pulled over by a cop, and, uh, yeah, I'm coming to Kettlebrook to preach. <laughs> Um, and I got here, and uh, I've never seen Troy so scared, though. Troy's like, yeah, I wasn't scared at all. You were 10 minutes late, and I was completely calm. But uh, he wasn't scared at all, and uh, I was able to preach. So I'm going to try and keep track of time. Troy, do a good job. And he'll help me out with that as well. Um, a lot of new things happened since I was here last. Um, my oldest daughter turned 16, which, oh, man, it's amazing. I was just listening to... Uh, we did these tapes when she was uh, still in my wife's uh, womb, and we would read scripture and stuff like that to her, and I was just listening to these tapes. And now my beautiful 16-year-old daughter, she's become such a woman of God. Um, we celebrated her birthday yesterday. Um, I quit my job. I no longer work at Walmart. Um, I've done it for 10 years, and uh, Wednesday was my last day, and so... Um, you say, boy, what's going on? A midlife crisis or something like that? No, not a midlife crisis. Um, we're in Hartford, and God is doing some amazing things in Hartford. And uh, God's kind of been prompting my heart for the last two or three months to say, hey, if, uh, if you're going to go in, you've got to go all in. And, and I'm moving, and, and we're seeing people. It, it's amazing. We're pe- seeing people who like God now start to love God. And we're seeing people who never were interested in God at all. Um, and they're starting to be interested in God. And, and we're, our relationships are, are just kind of budding. And, and we believe um, in the next couple months and years that, that God is just going to do an amazing thing in Hartford. And uh, we, thank, we thank him. That he, we think he's going to use us. And, and so could I ask you, we, we asked you guys a long time ago to pray. Um, remember, pray Luke 10:2 that the Lord of the Harvest would send workers. Could you do that? Um, could you pray um, at 10.02, um, either in the day or at night, just set your alarms on your phones or something like that, and pray for Hartford? Because anytime you move out and kind of step out in faith, Satan are, always kind of pushes back on you a little bit. And, and your, your prayers, that we're kind of out there. There's just a couple other families out there with us, and those prayers can lift us up and support us. And so would you do that for us? Does that, does that sound fair? Um, this summer, we've been moving through this series on the Sermon of the Mount, and I think this is our last, the last week of it, um, here, or close to the last week of it, here. And this sermon, this series has been, it's been like a salve to my soul. Like, the, the Sermon of the Mount, for many years, I just read it, and it was just like, okay, you read it, here's a bunch of things to do and don't do and stuff like that. But God's kind of brought me back to it. It's almost like the Psalms. And he's just, like, healed my soul in the last three weeks um, and pointed me back to him. And you say, Dave, you should have been there the whole time. I know. I know maybe I should. But he used his words in Scripture to say, God, life is only about you. It's all about you, and it's only about you. It's all about you, and it's only about you. And isn't that the message in the Sermon of the Mount? It's all about God, and it's only about God. This is how he wants to bring life to us. Life is only found in him. It's found in no other place. And then he says, like last week, so ask me. And when you ask me, guess what will happen? You'll get me. Beautiful. And so seek me. And guess what happens when you seek me? You'll find me.
and knock. And I'll open that door. And behind the door is going to be me. And as God has shown that life is only in him, um, I pray today that you'll see a little glimpse of that. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 7. Um, 7, 13. It kind of continues his thought. He's at the end of his sermon. He's kind of wrapping up all his thoughts. I won't move too much. He's kind of wrapping up all of his thoughts. And uh, he goes here, Matthew 7, 13. He said, Now enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, but only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves, and by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Lest by their fruit you will recognize them. And not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. And then I'll tell you plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Jesus kind of concludes this parable that all life is about him. I mean, he's the only way to find life. And he says, he, he says there's two roads. There's a narrow road. And there's a broad road to find life. You can find life on this narrow road, or you can find life on this broad road. And I'll be honest with you, when I first read that, I was a little frustrated with Jesus. Like, he gives this whole sermon about how you can only find life in him, and then he comes and he says, life can be found in two ways. Like, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, that's like Walmart advertising for Amazon. Like, you just don't do that. You don't say there's two ways. You say, like, Walmart's the only way to go. It would be like a Ford truck lot having Chevy trucks on it. Like, you don't do that. Like, Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you saying there's two ways? Because you know there's only one way, there's only one path, there's only one road that leads to life, and it's you. And I was a little frustrated by that. And, and Jesus kind of spoke to my heart, and he's like, Dave... I know there's only one way. But you know what? I love you. I love you so much that I gave you a choice. Like, I didn't want to force you down this road. I didn't want to force you down that road. I loved you and cared about you so much that I said, you choose. And I know some will choose the broad road. And it breaks my heart. But some will come to the narrow road. And with all their hearts, they will follow me. And they'll love me. And I'll love them. Reminded me of the Joshua 1.9. And Joshua is sitting up in front of his people. And he's like, choose you this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Like there's two roads. You can go whatever road you want. 
but we're going this road because we know this road is going to lead to life. You go whatever way you want. And I love it that God says, man, I love you enough to let you choose for yourself. You have that freedom. He says there's these two, two roads, and he describes them. He said, first, there's this broad road. He says, three descriptors of it. He says, the broad road is wide. So, think interstate. He said, it's going to be crowded. It's going to be a lot of people there. Think rush hour traffic. <laughs> Sitting on a lot of people, a lot of, behind a lot of people. And then he says, the people will think it leads to life, but it will actually lead to their destruction. They'll think they're going down this road. Yeah, this is the way I should go. This is bringing me life. But at the end of that road, they'll be like, oh, it left me nothing but death and destruction. It's not life at all. Have you ever been that, done that before? Have you ever gone a way that you thought was the right way only to find it was the wrong way? There's this um, story about if you ever get caught in an avalanche. Okay, so this is some free information for you. you ever get caught in an avalanche or anything like that, you should do two things. You should spit first and you should dig second. Spit first and dig second. Okay, so if any of you ever get caught in an avalanche and you follow this advice, I'd appreciate an email, a text, a phone call to say, you saved my life, thank you. This sermon was meaningful uh, to me that way. Um, but you say, why should you spit first and dig second? Because when you're caught in an avalanche and you're buried under all this snow, the first thing you want to do is dig, dig, dig your way out, right? That's what I would do. And this is what they find that people do. They start digging and digging and digging. And they think they're going the right way, but they end up further down than they ever were before. Further away from the surface than they ever were before. So spit first. Spit and see where the spit, which way it lands. If it lands straight on your face, you know that's up. Gravity works outside of snow and, and inside of snow. And so spit first and dig second because you know which way you're going. And these people, they think they're going the right way. They think they're digging the right way. But it leads to death and destruction. I was on this, coming back from the cabin, and... Uh, my wife had me pick up these um, tickets from Mount Olympus on the way back. And so I was coming back. I was in Oshkosh, and I thought I knew where this place was. And, and so I could either go take a right and go south, or I could take a left and go north. And I thought for sure I knew which way I was going, so I took a right. And, and I'm going south, and the names of the roads aren't making sense. And I'm like, ten minutes into it, I, I was on time. And now, have you ever met to pick something up from somebody and they're late? It's like the worst thing ever. So I try and pride myself on being on time. And uh, I, I was going the wrong way. And so, thankfully, I got off at the next exit, cruised on the exit, next exit, went back down the road. The extra ten miles I went the wrong way. And the extra ten miles I went the right way and got there. And I was on time. You see, I could take a U-turn. I could take a U-turn and get on the right path again. And can I tell you what I love about Jesus? He gives all of us an opportunity to take a U-turn. He gives us an opportunity to take a U-turn to get back on to his path. And you say, Dave, so could you explain to me a little bit? Like, who are these people on the broad path? Who are they? I mean, do I need to take a U-turn? Let me just sum them up 
by this statement, more about a belief of what they believe than a behavior. And so this is what their belief is, that they can find life in anything else but Jesus. That their their unbelief is that they can find life in something else besides Jesus. And you say, who's on that road? I don't know, probably a lot of people. You've been on that road. Many of you have been on that road. All of us have been on that road at one point in time. I just, two groups of people. The self-sufficient. The people that say, I'm going to live life as I see fit. Think of the prodigal son if you've been around church. He got everything. His dad gave him any, everything he ever needed. And he said, you know what, Dad? I'm going to go out. I'm going to make a life for myself. I'm going to spend my money how I want. I'm going to be my God. It's all about me. There are people who think that life, they're the end of their life. They're their own God. You say, yeah, I know some of those people. I've been that person from time to time. Another group of people on that road are the self-righteous. I say self-righteous, they're religious people. Like many of us in this room, you say, "What's what's wrong with being religious? I thought being religious was kind of a good thing. Well, we base our life and our salvation by how many times you come to church, by how many times you pray, how many times you fast, how much giving you do, how good you are. And unknowingly, you have these, this balance that says, I'm going to try and do more good than I do bad. And my performance is based on me and how much good I do. And so Jesus and God will see that performance and somehow say, oh, because you gave to the Salvation Army, you can have life and come to heaven with me. Because you gave to church or because you came or because you're a good neighbor, oh, based on all what you do, then you can come to heaven. And there's two, these two groups of people, they, they believe the same thing. They believe that they can find life apart from Jesus. They just go about it in different methods. In Luke 17, it says this, that whoever tries to gain his life will ultimately lose it. You see, they're walking down this road of destruction. Life is all about them. Their happiness, their joy, their satisfaction. And I wonder how many of us hit that road. I wonder if a U-turn could be coming. And Jesus said, there's this other way. There's this other way. It's called the narrow road. And he describes this narrow road. It's pretty unimpressive, if you ask me. It's small, he says, Not a lot of people go down it. There's not a lot of traffic on it. And he says, it leads to life. Now, make no mistake, Jesus is pointing to himself in this passage. You look further in Jesus' teachings, in John 14, 6, he says, and I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the only one who can bring you life. There's no other way, there's no other path, there's no other road that can bring you life but me. And when you find me, you will find life. In John 10, let me turn there, he says this, John 10, 7, he says this, Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. 
but the sheep did not listen to them. And I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, and he will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. There's no other way, there's no other path, there's no other road that you'll find life other than Jesus. And Jesus says, I am that way. You see, I laid down my life to you. I lived a perfect life for you. I died on the cross to forgive you all your sins. And I showed my power over sin by raising victoriously. And now, when you confess your need to me, that the road that you're traveling is the wrong road, I will gladly take you in and give you what that other road could never give you. It could give you momentary life, momentary pleasure, but not lasting life and not lasting pleasure. And as I talk to a group of this size, here's the thought that I think comes in your mind because it, it's come into my mind a lot of times. Dave, is there like another scripture that talks about a middle road? Like, is, if I read down a little further, is there like a middle road? Because like when I bundle my home and auto, like I can pick a little of this and I can pick a little of this and like... When I get internet, my cable, I can kind of put a package together. So I, I really like what Jesus is saying over here. The, the whole life salvation stuff I like. Um, not so happy with the death part over here. Uh, so, uh, but I like kind of doing whatever I want. And so can I just have a middle ground here? And no, there's, there's no, I didn't miss anything. That's it. There's just a, a narrow road and... In a, in a broad road, there's, there's no middle road. And, and maybe that's why the narrow road is so empty. Because many times we're, we think we're on the narrow road, but actually we're on the middle road, <laughs> which is really the broad road. Why are so few people on this narrow road? Uh, this, is, this is in my heart what I believe is that it's hard. Like daily, daily, sometimes for me, hourly, I have to say to myself, there's no other way, there's no other path, there's no other road that leads to life but Jesus. You see, we picture these roads like over there is the broad road and over here is the narrow road. Sorry, broad road people. Like I'm, I, I just had to point to one side or the other. I'm sorry. But we, we act like they're distinct. And here's what I found in my life. I don't think they're distinct. I think there's the broad road that goes right down the middle of my life, and the narrow road runs, runs right through the center of it. And so everybody else, picture a Packer game or a Brewer game. Like, you tried to get out early because you wanted to beat all the traffic, right? And you, you got out of the game early, but you forgot your purse. And so you're like, oh, I walked all this way, I forgot my purse. So you head back into the Brewer game or the Packer game, and everybody else is coming out. And you're trying to wade through these people. And you're walking your Christian life, and you're like, there's no other path, there's no other way, there's no other road that leads to life. And everybody alongside, you're pushing through. And you see them having momentary life. 
Like you see them having momentary happiness and your eyes are drawn to the side and you're like, man, like maybe life is found in that. And, and, and then you get your eyes back on Jesus and, and you're pushing through these people and you're saying there's no other way, there's no other path, there's no other road that leads to life. And, and all of a sudden the people are coming so strong and you get swept away by the people and you start going their direction and, and then you do a U-turn again. It's so easy to find life in so many other things. And as you're walking this road of life, it's so easy to forget that Jesus is the only one that ever could and ever will bring you what nothing else can ever give you. True life. True satisfaction. True joy. True comfort. I wish I had more time to tell you some stories of this last week of how I sat at the feet of Jesus and how I tried to find comfort and satisfaction in myself. And Jesus gently put his arms around me and said, there's no other path. There's no other way. There's no other road but me. And I realize that as I say that, that uh, some, in you, some in here say, yeah, that's narrow, Dave. That's narrow-minded. It's narrow-minded to think that there's only one other way to life. Like, in my world, there's a lot of ways to get to the same place. There's a lot of other religions out there. And quite frankly, Jesus is pretty arrogant to say that he's the only way. And I realize in a crowd this size, there's many of you saying, I'm not sure, I don't, I don't, think, that's, I don't think that's the case. Let me just um, encourage you with some words from Tim Keller. This is a paraphrase of what he says. And he says, I know it's arrogant. It may seem arrogant. It may seem intolerant of Jesus to say he's the only way. But be patient with us Christians. Be understanding with those of us who believe that Jesus is the only way. I mean, Jesus says that he forgives sins in the Gospels. Jesus says that he's coming back one day to judge the world. Jesus says that he's eternal, always was. All the other religions in this world have some teacher, some prophet, some sage saying, that's the way to God. That's the way to God. But Jesus said, I am God. I am God, and I'm the only way. I'm the only path, and I'm the only road that leads to life. And you see, be patient with us in understanding, because we only have two ways to go on this. We either say, God said, this is the way you follow God, and so we're going to follow God that way. Or we say, that guy's a lunatic. Like, he's crazy. How could he be God? And you walk away. Like, there's no middle ground. And so I know you say, how could he be so absolute? How could he be so arrogant and intolerant? But for us as believers, there's no other way to go. There's no other way to live. He's the only one that could truly give us life.
His truth is narrow, but his grace is wide. Jesus' truth is narrow. It's a narrow road, but his grace is so wide. And that's the good news, is that he came with his arms open wide and said, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you will do. When you confess that you're a sinner and I'm your Lord, I will accept you with all the grace. My arms are open wide. And I love you. And so I have a question for you today. Is there a way that you've been trying to find life other than Jesus? Is there a way, something that you're that you're doing, that you're find, trying to find life apart from Jesus. And the second thing, are you willing to confess it and say, Jesus, there's no other way, there's no other path, there's no other road that leads to life but you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you that you don't just say that you're the life, but we can experience that life, your joy, your comfort, your salvation, your security. I thank you that you come to us and offer us something better than nobody ever could. Lord, Pray for the people in this room. Lord, would you move with your spirit? I wonder, as we're walking down this road, how many of us have looked to the left and to the right and are finding life in something else. I wonder how you would desire to use this church as we all look to you as life. In your name, amen. Let me just say one other thing. As you're walking down this road of life daily and you see people that aren't find li- that are finding life in other things, there's no other way, there's no other path, there's no other road that leads to life. I mean, this is the beautiful thing. Maybe, just maybe, God will convict you to grab one of your friends and pull them on this road with you and say there's no other way, there's no other path. And as you're walking daily and saying that, maybe you go to the left and you go to the right and you pull people and tell other people that there's no other way but Jesus. Maybe we'd be a church that not only does it for ourselves, believes that for ourselves, but desires to believe that for the people that are around us.